I did not realize how purple this room was until I opened my Zoom screen and saw it. Did you guys get the back. Viking suite? I guess we got the the Vikings love suite here on Whoa. the North Shore. <laughs> Yikes! Don't walk yeah. away with three children. <laughs> cut out! Cut it out with the three children talk, baby. We got, we are not in a rush to catch up to you. <laughs> well, 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 with thinking of, of love and good vibes, happy episode 69 of the Nice! Literally. It's the noisest! The look on, on Benny's face is the same as, as a 12-year-old who just realized he got away with swearing in, in his homeroom. <laughs> that's the level of maturity. Yeah, that's right. I've been looking forward to this for a while. Yeah, it's the 69th episode spectacular. Finally. It's a, it's a, it's a celebration, bitches. And Benny is actually drinking. Is that well, wine or is that hard ripping nah. in a chalice? Nah. Coffee. It's coffee. It's coffee, yeah. but I have I have my vice. Nice, nice as I say. Nice. Don't don't blow it yet. <laughs> they're not called vices, they're called voices. <laughs> the voices. On the noise the voices for the noisest episode. So yeah, sixty-nine episodes, sixty-nine games of noify spinny in the can. Did you guys think we'd get here in May of two thousand twenty one? I didn't. Yes. No. I felt like we would do this. We'd do an episode 69, whether or not we made it through 68 prior episodes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We have one new goal now. You know the new goal? What's the new goal? 69 was a good a good goal, good episode goal. There's a new one, and this might be good or bad news D- for the double listeners. It? Like you're saying, no, not double it. Mm. We got to get to 420. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's right. right. We'll have a 420 blowout. <laughs> the good old golden ratio. Yeah. <laughs> that's when I that's when I think uh I realized that we were long for this world was the first time we hit the golden ratio. Yeah. That was like And I'm not two. even sure what the, the metrics were. It was just four twenty in one column and sixty nine in another <laughs> column. <laughs> that's right. I don't remember right. what that was hey, either, but I do remember I those numbers being there. It was, I think it was 420 total plays across 69 estimated total listeners. And yeah. I'm not going to share how many episodes it took to, to reach those two numbers. Cause it was one, early though. Don't know. Right. And also we're not, we're not going to brag about our reach cause that's tacky. And as everyone who has experienced this podcast knows, we're all about being classy, baby. That's <laughs> yeah, why I'm tacky. <laughs> The glassware in this Airbnb, uh, again, I'm in, in Grand Marais, Minnesota, population 1,300, uh, a town with more breweries and art galleries than there are people, which is why I love it here. Nice. I, I'm fam- not famously at all. No one gives a shit. But <laughs> notably recorded the episode last season after after the Colorado game, actually. Mm. Uh, uh, a worse result than this one. Uh, your beeves, victors, 42-9 to nine, uh, against the Colorado Buffaloes, 6-2. and two. Bowl eligible by Halloween. Holla at you, boys. Uh, but Holla. we potted, and I was recording from my hotel room on the banks of Lake Superior as uh, defensive coordinator Tim Tibisar was fired while we were recording. And interviewing uh, Brian Fenley. Fenley, yeah. That's right. Yeah, it kind of flipped. I think Benny was being back for port, 
and also did did not see the news that Tibisar got fired. Uh, Fenley signed into the Zoom and didn't know that Tibisar got fired. We didn't know either. Uh, it kind of flipped everything upside down, but it was fun. That's uh, that's when we we, we earned some of our we got we got our podcasting training wheels uh, off. So you know that was a that was a big test for us and. Yeah, I we think survived. we came out with flying colors. Uh, not quite as flying, not quite as flying as the Beavs uh, this Saturday. But a who, who else does really? What what a convincing victory, JP! You were there. I was Denny, there. You watched in theory. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Penny, did you shit. actually watch? Happy episode sixty nine. Nice episode. I, I watched the uh, the first half live. I watched the second half uh, earlier today, <laughs> but what? I did watch the whole game. Wait, yeah. what happened? Uh, last night. Yes. <laughs> uh, my girlfriend got tickets to a comedy show. Oh, when when <laughs> when uh, the game had not had uh, their start time announced, but we should have known because uh, when was right. the last time Oregon started a game before five o'clock? Yeah, I. But you know what? Five o'clock was pretty good, so it was nice to be down in Corvallis. It was actually the craziest like sequence of weather events that I had experienced at Reacher Stadium in, a, in in like an October game in a long time. So mm. we we got at least up here in Portland, it was like pouring rain all morning. Not only was it kind of damp, but it was cold and windy. At least it wasn't raining cold and windy, but it was, you know, the, the wind would, like, chill the bone. During the game, though, I don't know if you guys caught this. And, like, I know Kenzano, if you guys didn't see Ken, John Kenzano's recent article, uh, it's featuring a, a beautiful photo of the old new side of Reeser Stadium. Uh, about halfway through the game, as the sun was setting, it, like, sat below the gray clouds, and all game, it was dark, like dark, dark in Corvallis, like to the point where the lights were on all game, right? And like you didn't even realize like how early or late it actually was because it was so gray. And then all of a sudden the sun broke through and just lit up Reeser Stadium. I mean, like I took a, I took a photo. It was it's amazing. And it, it was wild because like the lights were on still and like they were doing nothing because of how like bright and beautiful it was. Just the dramatic change uh, from the wind and chill and gray to this calm, effervescent, beautiful sunlight uh, was was just like it just kind of mirrored the recent experience of being a Beaver fan, especially a football fan, where you made it through the dark, chilling days and and the sun is just starting to break through and there is so much more to come. So that's awesome. They, they had a clip of that uh, on Pac-12 network. They had taken sort of a um, panoramic view of the stadium and it, the way that the light was shining on the crowd too, was sort of wild. Uh, yeah. You can tell that from uh, the, the shitty quality that Pac-12 network puts out there. <laughs> so I'm sure it looked great in person. And you know what? I think it's only one of those things that could have only happened this year, though, because the stadium isn't like a full structure on the other side. So the sun could right. shine through and, and light point. up that other side. Good point. Yeah. I, it, you, it, to be honest, like that was one thing that that I was uh, that I was worried about um, coming into this game is. Oregon State really had played all of their games in very temperate weather. Yeah. Um, and this was sort of the first game where it was 
not temperate at all. And it was Northwest fall uh, weather, but I thought the team played well through that. So uh, yeah, we'll get, point. we'll get more into that uh, in a little bit, but yeah, I, I thought they, they had a great showing. It, t- Terry just can't wait to interject. His internet is not great at his Airbnb, obviously, because he keeps it's, shaking his head. It was and a his beautiful, hands up in beautiful first of all, stop interrupting me. And I hope <laughs> you can hear me. But yes, that sun that sunset is a beautiful and poignant sign of things to come, both in the literal sense and the figurative sense of all things Beaver football. JP, please play five seconds of Here Comes the Sun by the Beatles. Oh, <laughs> yes, nice. we do do the classics. Yes. Andre Nicotina special. Uh, we did miss the Nicotina uh, San Francisco show this weekend. I heard it was amazing, but Ooh. also uh, it was the, the equivalent of uh, it was just as good as Damian Martinez's option in, in the Russian attack. So anyone, anyone who is there at the Herbs Theater in San Francisco, let us know. This is an officially Andre Nicotina, Damian Martinez celebration hour. Nice. Yeah, that was... Um... Man, what a hell of a game. And like, honestly, we'd been calling, specifically JP had been calling for needing a running back one. Like you you couldn't do it by committee. And we found our running back one uh, yesterday. Yeah. Against Colorado. Yeah. Yeah. Man, though, I got to say, I don't know about you guys. I don't know what your weekends were like, but mine has been just like a a whirlwind of trying to, to get to this game. So first and foremost... As I did, I tell you the story about how I planned this trip to go down for the Colorado game. I mean, the trip. I mean, I drove like seventy miles. But uh, like, what happened was we had tickets to this game. Oh no, we had tickets to the Stanford game today for the uh, women's soccer team. And then we had uh, we were like, well, let's go to the Colorado game. It's five o'clock. That's like a good time. The kids won't be too tired, and we can make it home. So we bought the tickets to the Colorado game. And then as we thought about it, we're like, well, we're going to still go back again for the Stanford game. So let's just stay the night. So I look online. There's like, of course, no hotels. Like anything is like everything's booked. But I found one at the Comfort Suites. Shout out Comfort Suites, which was (laughs) as soon as the sliding doors open. First, you forget it's in the New China Buffet parking lot. Uh, and across the street, I was across- gonna say, is Comfort Suites what we're calling Pie Cap now? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they'll never be Comfort Suites. <laughs> but like you know, it's like in the old the old Ninth Street cinemas. It's now closed. I didn't realize, but that st- building is still there. Uh, I know it's such a classic. It, like honestly, a horror movie should be set there. It's like got that creepy vibe, like seventies theater yep. vibe. But like. Then across the street's New China Buffet, which could also really play into this horror movie. It's spooky season. I've got horror movies on the mind. I watched. I've watched so many horror movies. Just terrible horror movies. But uh, Leprechaun. No, I watched um, <laughs> Sorority House Massacre, which was like a sequel to Slumber Party Massacre. Which were, oh yeah, which was interesting. Um, we watched uh, uh, Prom Night, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Prom Night. That one was interesting. It's a lot of 80s you know, horror movies. They're all trashy, but I feel like Ninth Street Cinemas is like a perfect setting. <laughs> Actually, the right. whole parking lot is. Um, but we, we drive in, and the mini debates with me, and he's like, oh, this this is the hotel? I'm like, yeah. And then the sliding doors open, and there's a nice little lobby with an exposed second floor with a railing, white railing. And he goes, 
wow, this is fancy. And I was like, your dad is balling. <laughs> the Comfort Suites in Corvallis. But the reason, only reason why we stayed there was we actually had a birthday party that we double booked. We had to go to today, so we couldn't make it to the women's soccer game. So I apologize, McKenna. Coach Nicola, the rest of the team, I apologize. We were supposed to be there. I actually apologize also to Scott Yearlings. We planned to go together, and I and I couldn't make it. Once I'm in Portland uh, a month from now, uh, crazy that that's happening. Uh, yeah, we're TPing that kid's house. <laughs> <laughs> that's the maturity you get on the 69th <laughs> episode of the Belligerent Beefs podcast. That, no, that sounds like a hell of a weekend, JP. I am glad you made it to the Colorado game. Uh, at least, and yeah, and uh, Scott was uh, there, there with his daughter, uh, sport and rally caps, and uh, some belligerent beeves gear as well. Love so it. We were well represented. Uh, that t- tough loss on a Sunday, but obviously we got the the big win on Saturday and uh, a draw, a, a frustrating but overall impressive draw on Friday. So the weekend really had everything. So Beaver Nation, it's a, a reminder of the the complex emotions in this thing that we call life and the, the human condition as it were so every, every level of the spectrum uh in this fall sports weekend dur- during spooky season as you mentioned mm-hmm. uh hopefully you're watching better horror movies than jp and his <laughs> that, that list you shared what was was atrocious the shining is sitting right there it's right there <laughs> i mean there are obviously the the staples but like sometimes you gotta dig deep in right. the archives yeah, yeah, you know, the, the hokey ones for sure. And uh, it was kind of a horror movie for the uh, Colorado offense, uh, especially I'm sorry, especially if you ran towards uh, Andrew Chatfield. And I'm not sure if you saw his Instagram story, but in honor of that, JP, please play five seconds of the Halloween theme music. <laughs> what I will always hear in my head when Andrew Chatfield is barreling down with a with a quarterback or a running back in his sights. It's, <laughs> it's savage season, y'all. Envision him in the mask. Envision him with the mask chain. You can't celebrate savage season without your official savage season shirt available on BelagianBees.com <laughs> slash merch. My favorite. Savage yeah. season, season and spooky season kind of go hand in hand. To be honest, they do. They really yeah. do. They yeah. really do. Yeah, it was it was intentional. Um, but yeah, we've got a lot to get to uh, tonight, and we've got a lot to cheers to as well. Um, so we, we we should get the the the, the beers slash voices uh, on this noisest episode segment uh, kicked off. And I, I, JP, I know you're drinking some something nice, something classy, something spectacular. Mm, yeah. Uh, in addition to your side beer that you've always got yeah. ready in the chamber. So what 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 are you what what this are you toasting in the chamber? It's halfway gone already. But uh, so we went to the pumpkin patch this week at Topaz Farms. Ooh, and autumnal. Yeah, we're so autumnal. Do you remember what that means, Benny? It's mm, it's been, been... autumn. <laughs> Did it close, mean close, autumn? Close enough. Close Fall. enough. Autumn ish. Yeah. It, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it it means you know being 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 a getting into sad boy autumn in full effect, dog. Yeah, sad boy, <laughs> man. I love I love or, fall. <laughs> just doing just doing fall yeah. shit. I'm yeah. I'm doing a bad job hosting. Apologies. Hey, no, it's good. So I found this actually at the farm. So we we go to Topaz Farm for one reason, and now it's not really a good reason because other farms do it. But Topaz Farm used to be like the one, only one we could find that had beer. That you could like 
drink a beer and go find a pumpkin. And like that makes so much sense, right? right. So yeah. the kids can run around and dad can get sloshed. It's wonderful. And so <laughs> we we went again. It's a, now now it's a family tradition. We went this week in the middle of like smoky season, but uh I had noticed that they now, this is really cool. They have a beer they do in partnership with Fort George Brewery. And and Fort Ooh, George, you know, nice. in Astoria, they do a, a Fort George Topaz. And it's a hazy IPA, and it's got all the f- farmy-looking you know, old trucks and open today signs. And uh, it's very, very good. It's very good. So I actually brought one down to Corvallis with me and cracked one at the luxurious comfort suites it was the noisest hotel so fancy Corvallis. it was so fancy um <laughs> it's a wonderful wonderful hazy i mean it, like it, fort george does a, a great job and i thought it was really cool they partnered with the local farm and local sabi's island but like yeah. local it's cool that's local that's okay. awesome yeah. i love that will you please name this episode it's the great pumpkin belligerent beefs after the after it being the 69th episode, spectacular. This, this is one of those episodes that needs to have like six titles. All right, <laughs> I'll just change them episodes. as the days go by. It's smoky it's a spectacular, season, smoky it's season, savage uh, season. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, it's the Great Pumpkin, J.P. Bertram, and that sounds like a wonderful afternoon at the pumpkin patch, get, getting sloshed and watching the kids run around. <laughs> You had quite. You had such a fall, uh, and uh, whatever that word was that you just uh, said, optimal. Optimal. It was optimal. You had an optimal optimal weekend. Optimal. It was really nice. <laughs> nice. Just very, uh, very nice. Very nice. Just the noisest. Benny, let's let's go to you. And the word is autumnal. For those of you following around uh, along at home, aut- autumnal. Yeah, I'll just yeah. say fall. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, yeah, so um, I'm I'm actually switching it up, and uh, I want to say a disclaimer because uh, I I know we've talked about um, sort of psychedelics and what they uh, can do uh, to uh, to help with um, uh, just sort of. Uh, depression, anxiety, um, and, and other, uh, uh, you know, mental health issues. Um, but they can also be fun. Uh, and so, um, I, I took, uh, I had some chocolates that had some psilocybin in them earlier, um, which is the first (laughs) time that I'll be doing this on the episode, uh, or on the podcast. (laughs) So listeners, uh, do you hear how happy and joyful this man is yeah, right you can, now? You should you do can it. Hear, you can hear Benny smile through the top of the line pop filter that's covering his mic right now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, in uh, in preparation uh, and celebration of our 69th episode, I figured this would be a good time to do it. So we'll see how this goes. I'm what excited. What color am I right now? You're, you guys are, well, your normal color, um, Terry is, uh, just a picture right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. J- JP turned my video off because my internet is, is shitty. No, here. let's oh. tell him the truth. I turned your video off cause you were too sexy. Too That's, sexy. That is true. That is true. Way, way too hot. Sexy Nick uh, was getting uh, a f- really worried about. I know. Right. Your there's sexiness a, approaching, is, encroaching yeah, but... on his domain. 
There's a threshold, and we crossed it. And the the, the FC, we don't normally release the video, but the FCC does monitor the video, and it was going to be too sexy to even exist just on on the cloud. So that's right. Yeah. So there's 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 my still of of me looking of it's it's my Twitter picture. It's me looking very amused at something on the ground. I, yeah, I'm, why I'm are you not, looking at the ground like that? I don't know. It was supposed to be candid and shit, and I was just kind of like looking around and. I, on, that's the one that looked the best. I just really like that jacket in that picture, guys. That, that's what Do you it's a good looking jacket. Well, what about it that is, sweater? Yeah. We we never have we talked about the sweater on the pod yet? Oh, <laughs> I forgot about that. We have not talked the the the, the, vanilla, the the vanilla chocolate dip sweater. Uh, who who is who is the actress or the singer that had half of her hair black and half of it blonde? Oh, like Sia or whatever. Sia. Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Does yeah, anyone know like, Sia song? What's the I did. Song? I didn't look nearly as good as Sia in the, in that. <laughs> can, can someone play a Sia song? I don't know. JP, they are. please play five seconds of the Sia song you are currently googling. <laughs> <laughs> do I have to do everything around here? Fuck. Yeah. I feel like that sweater topic is for a Benny's bonus belligerence. Yeah, you have to tune in for that one. That we that we will not record tonight, but. Yeah, that's two two great weekends. Um, I've I've had a pretty busy week. Uh, Taylor Swift and Carly Rae Jepsen new albums on the same day, so I've been busy as hell. Wow. Oh wow. Obviously, yeah. Spent barely even got to watch the game. Listening to to their album. It's not. Well, it's not just listening. You know, JP. It's it's experiencing. Whoa! Did you feeling. take some of those chocolates from Benny? <laughs> I, I I just I might feel have. it. Um, but yeah. Also on on the beer front, went to a. Uh, great uh beer fest yesterday i've had on the the show several times head flyer uh shout out head flyer in northeast minneapolis they had their uh annual october fest flyer fest where i had an incredible pumpkin spice vanilla bean porter that they partnered with five watt a local coffee shop uh but for my official episode beer I had to stop can't wait to see up. it uh you're, you're still you, stuck you, looking at the ground i'm looking <laughs> The, the the pint the pint I'm looking at the ground because the perfect pint was just poured on the ground and it's making me as happy as as you can see smile ear to ear in that Twitter photo. Um, it's not that the great I think I've had their work on the show, uh, but it's been sixty noise of these, uh, and they all kind of <laughs> run together, listener, as you well know. Uh, so I stopped at the Great Castle Danger Brewing Company in Two Harbors, oh, cool. Minnesota. They are known for their cream ale. That's their flagship. It's what they're, you know, famous in the oh, Midwest yeah. for. I got their New England IPA, which is called the Aurora Haze. I am in a spot where the Aurora Borealis or the Northern Lights Ooh. can be seen. I've seen no the way. Northern Lights. Very here. I have seen the Northern Lights here. I've heard Without it's magical. Knowing, they are amazing. I highly recommend it. Uh, take. I, I I can't talk, say this from experience, but I can imagine taking Benny's chocolates first and then see the Northern Lights would be <laughs> So let's do that. Let's do that sometime in the next year, Benny. I don't even need to travel there. I can see them right now. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe the Northern Lights were the pretty colors we saw in our mind along the way. Um, the appropriate thing about this beer, which I honestly did not notice until i popped the crawler into this goblet that you guys got a very so you're pop the collar. i also have been pop jp please play five seconds of popping my collar by three six mafia oh, here is this. I can't remember. I've been popping my collar. Popping, popping my collar. 
Thought <laughs> <laughs> you think I was gonna let that one go by? Hell no. Um, but of all the metadata on this beer, the important thing to remember for this episode of the Belligerent Beast Podcast: six point nine percent. Whoa! Uh, Is that what you got too? I don't know. I am trying to look. Yeah, it's six point nine. <laughs> And Benny, are your chocolate six point nine percent? Yeah, wacky. Probably. Yep, <laughs> it would make oh, sense. Oh, there yeah. we go. Yeah, amazing, amazing. Well, with with that in mind, um, and I'll, I'll spare you uh, requesting five seconds of every single episode off of the every single song off the Taylor Swift and Carly Rae Jepsen albums. JP, let's raise our glasses and our chocolates and our goblets of chocolate. Uh, yeah, to, ooh, that sounds nice. It does sound nice. Uh, mm-hmm. To me, the beef, but especially Damian Martinez. Yeah, Dame. And being bowl eligible by Halloween. We cheers yes. three weeks ago after that two-game losing streak when we're three and two. So we're going to be six and two at the bye. We're here. Fuck yeah. Sa fucking lewd. Chop him. Chop him. I have a bone to pick before we get into football, though. I want to say this. Okay. Okay. I want to say one thing. All right. Oregon State football must play on Halloween weekend. Yeah. Year. Every year. Okay. Every year. So why? I'm down with that. A bye this week pisses me off. That should be a no-brainer. Every single year we have to play on Halloween weekend. Yeah. The scheduling people of the Pac-12 are stupid. They're stupid. I don't care. (laughs) I don't. I don't care if. We play the Monstars. Like, just make a game happen in Corvallis. Halloween. JP, please play five seconds of Hit Him High by the Monstars. <laughs> I've heard a, a couple groups of away fans at Reeser say something to the effect of, what, what is this, Halloween Town? Or is this Halloween all the time? Like, I embrace that. That's awesome. Oh, hell yeah. Be, yeah. Like, Halloween's one of the best holidays out there. So we, yep. I, I fully agree. Orange and black yep. team should always play on Halloween. I'm just really happy that this is what we're mad about. But <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah, I'm true. pissed, man. I am pissed. Yeah. Ho- yeah. Holidays aside, I think the bye is coming at a really good time for this football team. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it would be. It would be fun to play on if we could guarantee. Uh, like, if it was just one of our, our standing, like, we're always going to be playing conference games at that point in the season. So, if we were having, you knew the last Saturday in October was always at home, if yep. that was something that the, the university could negotiate, that'd be dope. And then yeah. it just allows for more tradition to take place. Uh, yeah, based on, on the colors. And you know, that's something that the uh, the festive nature of Oregon State would absolutely take advantage of. So that well, would it's be beautiful I, I agree with this time of the year. And also, that's right. that's Oregon State students know how to do Halloween. That exactly. is very true. Shout out Kai-Fi and the Heaven and Hell party. I hope oh, that's man. still Heaven and Hell party. I hope <laughs> that has to still be going on. I don't even know if Kai-Fi right. is still around. But... <laughs> I hope they are. I do hope they are. Shout out Timmy well, Simpson. More of a, it was always more of a state of mind. Shout out J-Mo yeah. And, yeah. and Alex Gregg. Maybe they just rise from the dead for one day a year to throw the <laughs> yeah. heaven and hell party. <laughs> that would be all right. That would, that would yeah. be lit. Yeah, it Maybe, would be I'm, I'm sure most of them would be cool with that. If that was yeah. like that, what they had to do in perpetuity forever, that would just be like, yeah, Word. we'll do it. Are you, we'll... guys, are you guys dressing up for Halloween this year? Do you have costumes in mind? 
Yeah, I get mine picked by my kids every year. It's not fun. Uh, I, I mean, what what I did your kids pick for, pick for you this year, JP? I'm Zerg. I'm Zerg. You know the uh, the the bad Toy Story toy mm. uh, who is Buzz Lightyear's dad, I guess. Oh, Ev is Buzz Lightyear because of the Lightyear is, movie came out. What is uh, so? Did Zerg appear in the Lightyear movie? Was that his first appearance? No, no, he was in like Toy Story two or something. Okay. Like he was like. The, I the, saw Toy Story guy. 2. I don't remember it well. Maybe I saw Toy Story 3. I'm not sure. There's been four. I've seen them all. I know, I I know there's I been have, four I and then Lightyear on top children. of that. Yeah. I'm just, you're saying your child decided that you are going to be Zerg for Halloween, and I wanted to relate to you <laughs> figuring out when I may have seen Zerg in my adult life or young adult life. Mm. But that's all right. Benny, know. are you dressed? Are you dressed up as anything, my dude? I, I I don't I don't think so, but I don't know. I'm not yeah. sure. I didn't last year. In Benny's brain, he's dressed up right now. <laughs> I'm a wizard. <laughs> oh, I won't I won't do it, JP. Yeah. But you know I want to. You both know I want to. JP, play oh, five seconds God. and wizards never die. Yeah. <laughs> what group is that? Do they they have a name, right? It's just uh, called Wizard the, Rap, right? The workaholic yeah, guys. Wizard Wiz. If you uh, if you watched Workaholics as much as we did in 2011, you're welcome for that re- reference. Everyone else, we are truly sorry. But there's yeah. been 16 noise. There's been 16 noise. This is your 69th game of Noify Spoonie at this point. <laughs> you knew it was coming. <laughs> Terry, what's your costume? Boyfriend. Um, boyfriend. <laughs> Doting boyfriend. I know we're gonna go to a couples yoga at some point before Halloween. So, Yogi. Oh, no, we're no, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> Babe, this isn't your first appearance on the podcast. Say hi to the people. Um, just kidding. Uh, yeah. I I thought that this might be the year I do this. It's it's not a very complicated costume really and jp i mean here comes a very uh very unthoughtful request of five seconds but i wanted to be billy madison from the 1995 classic billy madison while he's wearing the shirt that he stole from frank and his when his dad is like i've bought you everything you know cars toys clothes and goes actually i stole this shirt from frank and he pulls a shirt up and frank's name is on it because in the next scene (laughs) Is when JP, please play five seconds of I'll Tumble for You by somebody I don't know. It's it's the scene uh, in Billy Madison where Adam Sandler dances on the stairs for 45 seconds. And Adam Sandler and whoever else was, uh, Tamara Davis, the great director of that movie, just said, Hey, what if in the middle of the movie we just had Adam Sandler dance to music coming from nowhere on a elegant staircase? <laughs> and I feel like that's kind of the attitude that we go through this podcast with. And Beaver Fam, you know we'll always tumble for you. So I've always like he's wearing like Timberlands, cargo shorts, and like a shredded, really expensive like Izod golf vest over <laughs> a shirt. <laughs> And like a cycling, like one of those dumb cycling hats backwards. And it's just one of those costumes that you'd wear and like 99% of people wouldn't get it. But one guy at a party would like look at you, do a double take and be like, Billy Madison? And you'd be like, 
yes, and we are friends because we, <laughs> you understood this. So, um, so yeah, uh, that that's the only costume that's been on my mind for Halloween this year and past. But I'm not going to do it. I, I don't have I, I don't have cargo shorts that fit anymore, and I'm not going to buy any. So. We have to talk about the game, you guys. <laughs> We've lost every listener. No, this is why this is why they tune in. Thanks, y'all, for rocking with us. Uh, six and two. Yeah, feels good. A rare. So it, there hasn't been too many opportunities in the Jonathan Smith era where the Beavs win. I think the final line was twenty three and a half point favorites, and depending on which sports book you looked at. There, that hasn't happened. Doesn't matter. Uh, there hasn't been a ton of times. Covered. It doesn't matter. We still covered the spread. The beeves are great against the spread, mm-hmm. and there hasn't been a ton of opportunities just for comfortable blowout in conference wins. And this game, I, for any like no neutral observers, turned this game on and kept it on. Like, and that was kind of what we wanted. That was what we we're right. hoping for. We we're hoping for just this show up, take care of business, get the most convincing W pop possible go home unscathed yeah that is exactly what happened and i've never had more fun watching a blowout beaver win i don't i honestly don't think i have just just them taking care of business it's like this team sucks uh all due respect to colorado no 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 not all due respect i have no respect i have no respect I'm sorry. Okay. I sat well, there and I okay. Well, I'm, we I'm, I'm, okay. Oh, I'm glad you're not starting that middle linebacker for the Beavs then, JP, since you have no respect because you <laughs> clearly could see that every single member on our team was like, "We're not gonna, we're not gonna overlook this team just because we want to get to the bye, we want to get bowl eligible, whatever." They gave them the respect of this is a college fucking football team coming in here. They beat another team that we're gonna play on our schedule in a few weeks. Last week. We can't overlook these dudes, and they did not. It also wasn't a perfect game. I've got some picks to knit uh, oh, no. later, but just a couple, just really just one. Uh, but forty-two to nine, the star of the night, Damian Martinez. I know you guys are going to bring up Dame right away. Uh, I have no problem calling him Dame on a podcast. A lot of Portland Trailblazers who probably only recognize Lillard as the one true Dame. Uh, but whatever, he's our Dame, the Belgian Beavs athlete, and he is spectacular. But it was a really complete team win. Kind of what we predicted. We wanted it to be boring. We wanted it to be safe. They took care of business. Uh, first big takeaway from the game. Benny, I want to start with you because you weren't there and didn't watch the second half until today. <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> And are on happy chocolates right now. That's right. Yeah. No, my, my, uh, my takeaway is more at a macro level, right? So it seemed like under Riley, we had uh, like we typically would play down to at least one opponent a year, usually yes. two or three. Um, and so these games on the calendar, I feel like it's ingrained in Beaver Nation now to be scared of these games, like these trap games. And I think the one thing that that this game showed us um, in line with the consistency of the last three is that uh, like Oregon State's not going to overlook anyone. And I know I said after the Stanford game that it was clear that Oregon State overlooked Stanford. After Stanford's last couple of games, I don't know if that's true. Like Stanford has looked like a decent team, right? So I think Jonathan Smith has gotten this team ready to play whoever that next opponent is. And and for all the things that Mike Riley did for the program, that was one thing that he really did struggle with. Um and so, yeah, I mean, like that was exactly what you wanted to see. 
Um, that uh, it makes me feel really good about this team going into the bye week. Um, and yeah, I mean, o- offense looked really sharp. Defense looked incredible. Um, and hell yeah. Uh, yeah. I like, like you said, it was just, it was a good team win that was never in doubt. They felt like the superior team from start to finish really. Well, speaking of superior team, and I want to go back to uh, the respect for Colorado, and here's why mine dropped immediately at the game. So I'm in the terrace as they came out from the ramp, right? And, you know, uh, the Beaver Dam let them have it, as you'd expect. Yeah. And these, I mean, I feel I feel for these players at Colorado because I think they committed and they or they or they were there. When They're playing their ass were, off. Well, then things were looking up for them, you know, like yep. they, they were yeah. on the right trajectory for a bit and it's the wheels have totally fallen off. They disappeared. They like literally like fell off a cliff and they have no wheels, but they still came running out just absolutely taunting the fans, like uh, you know, middle fingers up, waving at the ear, just telling, telling everyone to call, like, you know, shush, calm down. And I'm like, you, you guys, you. You're one in five. <laughs> you've, you've been absolutely terrible. You got one win last week against Cal at home. It was a crazy game. <laughs> but you're going to come on back on the road and start taunting fans as you come on the field? Like, just show up and do your business. You know what I mean? Like, prove it on the field. Wait till you're even close to 500 before you're shushing opposing fans on the road. Shushing opposing fans before the game starts is aggressive. Which, which aggressive move. also we we would be saying this if Oregon State was doing yeah, this. Totally, like, to don't, don't do that. Don't do yeah, that. Right. Like this, it's just not a good look. It was a really bad look, and it wasn't like one guy because I thought it was like okay, the first guys out, they're all hyped. They're the ones leading the team out, and like either they either they planned it or it's just a team atmosphere thing, or they just saw the guys setting by example. But they they all did it as as they cascaded through the 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 line like running out on the field they just kept doing it i'm like why why wait why is this happening anyways so that's why i have no respect for colorado i hope you guys enjoy your one win season uh that's how it'll end up but but i i do want to comment what you said benny because i think it's really interesting and i think this is like it, it it's hard for beaver fans to to just like you know get this in their minds and and look at things from a different perspective because with Riley, it wasn't even like we played down and we lost a bunch of those games. It was one of those things where it was like every season, like even as a bigger picture, like every season was so predictable. Like the same predictable march, like towards something. It was like it all came down to are we an eight win team or a nine win team, and it all yep. comes down to the Civil War game. And like, is Oregon ranked in the top ten or are they in the top twenty five? Because then are we at home or are we at Otson? And like. We just knew we'd get to the same point no matter what, and, that, yeah. and like something like playing down to a, a, a inferior opponent was on that card, and it, and it, and it just was like one of those things we just accepted almost like, well, we're still gonna get to a decent bowl, and 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 as long as we beat Oregon, we're even happier. But I think that that's what's different with Jonathan Smith's program is he's looking at this thing as like. No, we're, we could win. We could win 10 games, like 12 games. Like there's, the sky is the limit. And I really do feel like this game to yesterday proved that 
there is no overlooking any single week, whether they're inferior or not. And like USC and the 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 game we played against USC, we were the better I, I, team. We were the better team. We were the better prepared team. Mm-hmm. I, I I think that all around collectively, we were the team that uh, proved the most on the field and and should have walked away with a W, whether it was a defensive stop or an interception or or one less interception, whatever it might have been that could have brought us that victory. We were still the better team. That and ball we were, that Travis Dye fumbled bounces one way different. different that, yeah. that game's totally different. Yeah. And we were we were obviously the better team again today. We were the superior team yesterday. We were like that's that's why I think that Jonathan Smith has got these guys looking not big picture, not let's get to a decent bowl. Let's wait till we get to Civil War. And I don't think Riley was preparing his teams like that, but I think Riley had been in that same March every single year that players expected that silently almost like Mm -hmm. this is kind of like how it goes in a Mike Riley, Oregon state program. Um, And I, and I, I love the fact that Jonathan Smith has, has these guys thinking way bigger, way bigger. And I don't know if we'll get there this year. I hope we do. I hope we win four more games before the, before we go to the PAC 12 championship and to a bowl. But word, but like, we're going to win two of them at the very minimum, and I'm not even going to knock on wood. Sorry, you guys can get mad, but I, <laughs> I know that there are two inferior opponents, and I trust that Jonathan Smith will have us prepared for that game. Yeah, right? well, and if you look, I mean, seriously, our last three games, uh, a game on the road, which we have struggled at tremendously for a while, uh, a game against, that's right, uh, well, uh, against Wazoo, which, I mean, they've had our number for the last 10 years, and they're a good team, too. And um, and Colorado, and that is a trap game. That has trap game written all over it. And so it's not three random opponents. It's three opponents that all had their own unique circumstances around it that would have caused trouble for Oregon State teams of the past. Yeah, but also, I think, and there, there's so much to be impressed with what happened last night, but... We kind of uh, speculated last week about what they'd ask Gil Branson to do, what we sort of thought the offensive game plan would be. Uh, defense, obviously, pl- just keep playing your game. I don't think anyone was worried about how the defense was going to approach Colorado. But <clears throat> once it got announced what that Gil Branson <clears throat> was going to, in fact, start for chance again, I think that uh, there, there was a lot of intrigue surrounding what the offense was going to do. And this isn't to take away anything that the offense did, but I do think we Smith and Lindgren and the whole staff together, like we went in with a pretty vanilla game plan and no matter how you're playing or who you're playing in college football, you go in with just your basic ass offense game plan and win 42 to nine. That's pretty impressive. Like you are miles better than your competition. We weren't going to do anything cute. We weren't going to do anything, give away anything easy. This isn't one of my picks to knit, but I did. Uh, my heart skipped one beat when our first offensive play of the game was the jet sweep to uh, Josiah Irish, and it was the the handoff was was fumbled, either between Gil Branson or Irish. I don't know who we're pinning blame on, and I don't really care. Obviously, <laughs> they bounced back. But it was like there wasn't – that's not even like that crazy of a play call. Any You could sort of see people on Twitter – Go just going for the blame Lindgren button that everyone wants to call whenever we don't have a million points on the board. And I thought Lindgren called a great game, and I thought Ben played well uh, too. So I'm I'm really happy with the offense. But it was like kind of clear like we're just going to put the offense on cruise control, and we're not going to break glass in case we need it. 
and they didn't they didn't need to and I think it's now in a position where you can sort of reset and gather yourself uh, as an offense during the bye with some time off. And whether it's Ben or Chance against UW on Friday night, November 4th, uh, very, very big game all of a sudden, uh, you can ma- you can make the best decision for your football team at the time. And that is, uh, that's, that's a pretty exciting place to be in, honestly. And just to put up 42 points, in that manner, that's something we haven't seen since we were in college, which, as is mentioned on this podcast all the time, took place 10 million years ago. <laughs> so, yeah, the yeah, Mammoth not, Bone, that, was that guy was a fan in uh, the terrace with us. He hung out yeah. with us before yeah. he died and got buried. <laughs> the, the other thing that I think uh, is, because this team obviously feels way different than what we've seen really since when we were in school. Um, and I think one other part of that is if you look at the team's past in the last 10 years, let's say, and they're playing an inferior opponent and there weren't a lot of those games, um, but when they were, they were tactical about it. And it was like uh, sort of what you alluded to, Terry, there was like this scheming game plan. A lot of it was built on speed. Um, but what we saw last night was it was smack. Uh, uh, yeah. Last night it was smash mouth football, right? And I mean, specifically with our secondary, uh, Alex Austin had two really, really one really big hit, another really good hit. But it was it was one of those games where it's like, hey, we're here like this is who we are. You're going to come to Corvallis. We're going to fuck you up and and we're going to make it hurt. And that's that is it that we have not seen that in so long in Corvallis. And it felt so good to just like flex our dominance on a team that was far inferior to us. Benny, you and I talk about the 30 for 30, the the U 30 for 30 quite a bit. And this is appropriate because I'm going to quote another Benny, Benny Blades. Who, one of my favorite sound bites from that, they're sort of going through this, like the swagger dripped part of the mid 80s of Miami football. And Benny Blade says, Not only are we going to beat your ass, we're going to talk to you while we beat your ass. Yeah. And all the guys last night were talking a lot in, in a way that didn't seem over the top, but but earned. And I think some of the what you're talking about, JP, I think a lot of them saw them shushing the Colorado players, shushing the crowd as they ran out with a one and five record and wanted to remind these guys just sort of where both teams stand in the uh, in the conference pecking order at the moment. So uh, that's that's a great point, Benny. And, you know, you want to keep that at least, you know, harnessed to a degree. But I think uh, that, that that swag that the defense is playing with is in a good place right now. And mm-hmm. shout out to the defense even further because uh, you guys know the stat that uh, the last time that Oregon State held a Pac-12 opponent under 10 points. When? 10 years ago. Oh, shit. Really? It was 10 years ago. It was Wow, like a, that seems crazy. A 21-7 victory over Utah in 2012. So, I remember wow. that it's been, it's been a decade since we had a performance like that. Whether the opponent is up to, you know, making us have to fight to keep them under 10 or not. I mean, I would say Colorado is a mess. They were a mess, uh, especially offensively, but yeah, they have the talent and yeah. they were, they were one uh, kick slash two point conversion away to uh, being above 10 or at 10. So um, it wasn't like this was a, a, just a total cruise control game for the defense. I think they went on cruise control because they knew how, 
to pick their spots and make Colorado pay for their mistakes. But that was that was all game plan. That was all talent, and like it it, it had nothing to do really with with Colorado being terrible. I mean, like we 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 covered the line for Vegas plus ten, and so you you would imagine like even Vegas thought that that Colorado was going to score at least another touchdown and field goal from this point. So the, the defense stepped up, and, and it was really really fun to see them. They were so energetic and. Another thing I want to point out was the Beaver Dam was so jacked up when the chainsaw came out, and the like. It was one of those things where you thought something was happening on the sideline, like like bad, like because you'd watch all the players like kind of huddle around the players with the chainsaw. They would kind of leave their spot on the sideline and congregate in this one area, like a mosh pit, and then and then you see the Beaver Dam get go crazy. Like they saw somebody fighting on the field or something, or, or like a streaker on the field. I mean, it was like, it was really, really cool. The energy was great. That the 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 vibe in the building was so exciting and fun, um, and and uplifting really after this like weird start to the season that I feel like the players probably have felt too, because our two losses are against very very good opponents. And right. One on the road right. and one heartbreaking at home. And so our record does not even closely reflect the the level that this team is at. And I, I it was nice to kind of get that off your back and just celebrate being a good program and a good team yesterday. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, there there's something special that is happening in Corvallis right now around this football team. Um, it's been happening for the last, you know, four and a half years. Um, but like it, it, the, we are seeing all of the hard work that Jonathan Smith and his staff has put into this program and all the hard work that the players have put into this program start to come to fruition. And I think like in many ways, getting from, uh, seven and six, um, to whatever we're going to see this year is significantly harder than getting from where the team was maybe after that first year to a winning record. Like it's just so hard to get over that hump, especially the PAC 12 is significantly better this year too than what they were last year. So, I mean, like what we're seeing is just, uh, and and I don't want to say this, you know, it might be a little premature because we saw a a few games left, but like this is, um, it, it really is amazing. And I think it, uh, warrants us to, you know, just acknowledge that this is special times in Corvallis. So I have a question though, going forward. Can I say one thing before we ask the question yeah. just off of many's point is because what was our, the fucking Caesar sports book over under before the season even started? It's like, it was five. like four and five. a half, five four and, and a half. half. Yeah. And every, every, every national guy who's like, Jonathan Smith has been amazing. Look at what he's doing in Corvallis. Oh, it's such a nice story. It's such a cute little program. Oh, we love the beeves. Keep your eyes. It's amazing. But we're, we're taking the under. Yeah. It's just too hard. The, those, first, those first five games are brutal. You're going to be three and two at best. We'll see what happens. But, yeah, like a bowl game is going to be just like you're playing with house money after that. And this team took all of that pregame or preseason shit and said, fuck you. We're going to be bowl eligible with our only two losses coming to uh, 
teams that should be ranked in the top 10 uh, before Halloween. So, and our starting quarterback, for better or worse, missing. Yeah, three and games. our starting quarterback. Yeah. And the one, the one potent possible uh, first-round NFL draft pick pedigree by those same people, tight end Luke Musgrave, has missed yeah. basically the entire yeah. season. Yep. <laughs> it's like you can't even be like, oh, it's a easy schedule thing or just like a good luck thing or whatever. It's like we've dealt with the same fucking injuries too. Last year, I think we were pretty bene- beneficial from like an injury luck standpoint. It hits every team differently. This year, it's like what position hasn't been affected by injuries? Yeah. Every single position group has been. I know one where the where the main guy hasn't. Uh, but I want to ask a question though because of the injury, because of what we talked about, because of – we, we we are where we are without chance. And I think mm-hmm. that does still bay the question. One, I mean, being in person, you really only notice really, really poor quarterback play, mm-hmm. right? You don't really notice okay play. You also can notice in, in, in very impressive play. I felt like Bengal Branson was just there yesterday. And like not to make that a knock on him. But it was right. there was nothing that was like a thrilling play. There was the Velling pass, but that was all after the catch. Right. And so like he didn't mess up. He didn't throw no picks. Uh and he had a, a pretty good game. But I'm wondering, like, now we go to the bye week. We get another week that uh Chance gets to recover from concussion protocol, uh his neck injury, the tandem of the two, if they're related or not. I, I, no one knows. But what happens now? I mean like I, I, ben yeah. hasn't lost us games. That's yeah. the one thing I have to like point out. Right. And and I know I, I said last week that Chance still has to be the guy. And I still feel that way. Mm-hmm. But we've had four games left, and we're sitting in a really, really good position that we you know maybe didn't foresee ourselves being in at this early of a stage of the season. What do we do? What I mean, from you guys who saw it on TV, is Ben, does he have to be the yeah. guy? Like, what is it? I don't think Gull Branson has to be the guy. He made some good throws in some sort of less, uh, lesser spotlighted areas. Um, I'm glad you brought up the Velling play because that was that was awesome, and we've been pro like get the ball to the tight ends more even with Musgrave out because you can't just ignore that part of your offense. Mm-hmm. I wanted Overman to get the ball more. What feels like all year there was a play, I think it was in the third quarter. Uh, there was a, a tight end screen where you could you could tell it was a screen because there's the entire Colorado pass rush was in the backfield immediately and Gold Branson did deliver the ball coolly to Overman and it ended up being a gain of five Colorado cornerback made a nice tackle but Overman made the catch and made a nice cut to get a little bit open and like <clears throat> it was one step away from that being like a 20 25 yard gain and that was he made the throw that he needed to so I think he's making more and more throws. My, I think Washington is really good. I think both of us should be ranked. We're not right now. We're both receiving votes. <laughs> Maybe enough top 25 teams will lose when we're both on bye next week and we'll be ranked. But we should go into this game thinking these are two ranked teams. The winner has a chance to win the Pac-12 championship. That should yep. be the focus. What 100%. Who do you think can play a quarterback that can make – the big time throw to potentially win that game. And my answer with that is still chance. So if we're in Mm -hmm. a hypothetical situation where it's chance and Ben are level in terms of health and practice reps, which is probably not going to be the actual case, but just for the sake of argument on this podcast, I think you got to go with chance. Uh, But I will, I will trust what the coaching staff decides, but 
if chance is good to go, I think part of the level of the competition this week, again, no disrespect to Colorado or maybe disrespect to Colorado. Do um, it. Was like, you know, you can win. You know, you can win with your backup quarterback. So why risk it? And also it's go, it's helpful to get Branson that type of experience. So it made all the sense in the world. You're in a nationally televised game on Friday night on November 4th, which is you can make, you can either turn this into a potentially special season or go to the fucking Sun Bowl and nobody cares. Someone hey. needs to make that throw. Shout out El Paso, Texas. Benny Way, we always has a great time there. But also <laughs> casual college football fans don't give a shit about the Sun Bowl. <laughs> I feel like that's not <laughs> offensive. Um and I, in my opinion, that's still chance. But also, I'm not with him in the meeting rooms. I'm not with him in the protocol. So I, I have no idea. But if for your question, JP, hypothetically, if it's equal, close-ish bill of health, I'm still rolling with chance. And I have to imagine too. I want. That's why I want to say this, like really quick, Ben. Before you get to your point, is I think that the I think that Lingren and Co could dial back the playbook for chance. And it, it, this might be a blessing in disguise that he was hurt, and they have to kind of reacquaint him into the offense, right? Um, I mean, we have new playmakers since he's gone out. Uh, we have guys that uh, have stepped up into roles that weren't there to start the season. They weren't uh, projected to be big targets for, for Chance Nolan. Um, and and uh, what, one of the things I'm wondering is, if they dumbed down the playbook for lack of a better term, in the way that they have made simplified it for Goldbranson to not to put him in a good situation, not make any mistakes, and still execute, if they if they if they did have to chance, do you think that he's the better quarterback still? Because like I feel like a lot of his mistakes either stemmed directly from a play call that asked him to do maybe more than he's capable of, or stemmed from a bunch of those prior mistakes building up and then him trying to play hero. So if they're like, just go do these simple plays, get 10 yards, get eight yards. Don't worry about the deep ball. Like just move the chains and hand it off the right way. You know, make the right read. Could he be as successful as Gobranson for the next four games? Like that's what I'm wondering. And I, I don't know the answer and I would have to assume yes. But, I mean, who knows? I don't know what kind of chance Nolan's going to come back either. Yeah, and I think, so, like, a couple points. I think um, I agree with what Terry said about if you want a player in there that needs to to have that game-winning ball, I'm taking chance. But that being said, I think that Goldbranson – uh plays more cool calm and collected and and again that may be a, a result of a dumbing down of the playbook but it feels like when something bad happens on offense things don't unravel or crumble and i got that feeling with chance is that like it's like once that first interception happens you're like oh shit mm-hmm. right because he gets in his own head um and uh, like let's be honest like our our offense is uh not one of the I don't think we compete offensively necessarily with the top tier teams in the Pac-12 our defense I'm convinced our defense is the best in the Pac-12 and so I the best almost, in the country I, I agree like and um just sort of sidebar Oregon State has uh given up the fewest amount of points um thus far in the season than any team in the Pac-12 um and some of them have had buys uh but <laughs> But 
but I, but I, I do think that right now you almost do just need that quarterback that can keep the wheels moving. Uh, hey, look, there's a fumble the first play of the game. Let's go down and score a touchdown the, the second drive of the game. You need somebody right. like that and let your defense win the games, essentially. Um, right. and, and when you have someone like Damian Martinez. That, yeah, or let your running backs win the game. Right, right, uh, right. <laughs> like when you have someone like Damian that can get almost 200 yards on the ground and three scores, like that makes things a little bit easier. And And you do – want the quarterback that is more cool, calm, and collected, even if he doesn't possess the skill set that Chance has. And it is kind of crazy that we're maybe all saying like, oh, yeah, if you you need one one throw at the end of the game to win, you go Chance, when the one miracle finish this season was at the hands of Goldbranson. So I'm not necessarily he can't do it, but when people were sort of uh, calling for Chance to be benched even pre-injury, uh, Chance was amazing in that fourth quarter at Fresno, and I know yeah. haters of Oregon State's resume thus far have you know pointed to Fresno falling off since then. And I just won't even mention that Jake Hayner, All American quarterback, got hurt in the next game and hasn't played since. So Chance is really impressive in that fourth quarter in a hostile environment. So we know that Chance does have it between the ears and can do it, mm-hmm. and something happened in that USC game and and early Utah game. Uh, it, it would be compelling theater to see him w- trotting out with the first team offense uh, in Seattle in two weeks. So yeah, I don't know. It, I'm I'm gonna be pretty confident in this team, regardless of its chance or if it's Ben in in that game. It's a tough decision, in almost in a good way because Ben didn't give you any reason to take him out of the game. Exactly, and we're three and zero with him as the starting quarterback, and I think those. Uh, tough throws he made in that that second half against Utah like that's just a, a way to you know you're getting baptized by fire and you're mm-hmm. getting those out of your system getting picked off by Clark Phillips like that it's like okay I, I can throw that pick we can lose this game and like like no one died we're still here and we have a chance to come back this week you learn a lot like that so I'm I'm compelled to see how far Gull Branson can take this team if that's the the choice that the coaching staff makes, and I'm compelled to see how Nolan bounces back because, as you guys all mentioned, you know Martinez, Velling, other players on this offense have really emerged in the last three weeks, and also maybe you give credit to Gull Branson for that too. Like it's it's yeah. so hard to put your finger on the reason for everything, but uh, I know a reason. And... It's Damian Martinez, right? <laughs> Damian Martinez has emerged because of Damian Martinez, as we all knew he was. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, right. and I think we should talk about we him. Should. I mean, let's spend the we next should. hour talking about Damian Martinez. <laughs> we could. We should say Damian Martinez got the line share of the carries for really, really the first uh, t- time all, all season. We talked about if he could be a uh, back with more than 20 carries a game, uh, specifically 22 carries in this game, 178 yards, 8.1 per carry, and three TDs. Fenwick was uh, dressed but didn't play at all. He had been reported as banged up all week in practice. So again, it's one of those things you probably you don't need all of your guns to beat Colorado. Better safe than sorry, but also it gave Damian the chance to showcase what he can do <laughs> against the Pac-12 defense. And a credit to Deshaun, he looked happy as hell for Damian every time. I love how good of teammates these guys all yeah, are for each totally. other. But I kind of was like, once the season ends, we might be hearing about another Deshaun Fenwick transfer because. 
I think this backfield belongs to number six. Yeah. 100%. 100%. Like, and he, the point that I made about the secondary uh, playing smash mouth football, I mean, Damien was that on, on offense, right? Like he was hitting the hole and Colorado linebackers were bouncing off of him like bouncy balls, man. Like yeah. he, he was just, he was hitting them, not letting them hit him. And yeah. there's a huge difference. Yeah. Yeah. And I, you know, I want to shout out one thing that you guys didn't get the chance to see not being there in person. But we all saw Damian dominate the defense on Saturday night. And like you said, Benny, he was throwing linebackers off of him. Mm -hmm. The the man could not be stopped. If his will was to get somewhere, he was going to get that far. And if his will had to be cut a little bit, he wasn't going to just give up. He was still trying to move an extra inch or two. And like that's that's one of the things I think that we all love about Damian Martinez as a football player is he he doesn't just go down when he's hit. He he tries to take that extra yard or two or or extend the play as much as as much as possible. And I we saw a lot of that last night. Like he just kept plowing through these dudes and it like it was relentless. And it was it was impressive. It was just it was so impressive, and I, I mean, the circumstantial nature of the the uh, the opponent and the fact that Fenwick didn't get any touches lended to Damian having the opportunity to have an incredible game, and he took the reins and and ran with it. But honestly, after the game was what impressed me the most. After the game is what impressed me the most because. He he is wise beyond his age. Let's remember he's a freshman, right? Right, and 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 he he still put on the headset. He did the interview after the game. I was right there. I was right there. There were kids everywhere around him. <laughs> you could you could hear all of the kids. He kept apologizing for how loud it was on Pac-12 Network. <laughs> it, it was it was. Crazy crazy the hype around him and like the the calm cool demeanor though he had he flashed a smile you know you just you could tell he kind of just gets it all and he stood there he stood there and signed for so many kids i probably watched him sign i mean at least a dozen autographs after Mm -hmm. that interview was done for kids and like the hats shirts jerseys footballs you name it to the point that sean scheffler had to be like hey go you gotta go you gotta get back in the locker room shout out scheffler yeah shout out (laughs) scheffler uh and you know i that just impressed me so much like he could have just hit out in the locker room he didn't have to come back out and and sign for the kids on the field um and it just shows that he kind of he gets it like he right. had the biggest game of his collegiate career and i mean not the biggest right. game of his football career we know how he dominated in Louisville. like he you know that guy has had numbers like last night plenty of times in high school but he's just a he's a good dude and and, it, and i love seeing guys like him be rewarded in the spotlight for their craft and and, and kind of just get the recognition and then afterwards, go back to being just a good dude again. And so I have to shout him out for that because I I stood back, I watched it for a while, and I just wondered how much is it, how much of this is he gonna take? This is crazy. It was chaos on the field, and and he sat there calm and just handled it all, talked to all the kids, 
sign all the autographs. So good on you, Damien. You're a good beef. That's awesome. You, you know who he reminds me of both on and off the field uh, is Stephen Jackson. Yes. And like I was <laughs> going I was to say for Stephen Jackson comparison. Yes. Yeah. It's only a matter of time. Yeah. Right. Like, I mean, obviously Stephen Jackson is a super good dude and all like natural at being able to talk to people. Um, but Damien runs like Steven Jackson. He has that, that combination of speed and power that I, I don't know if we've seen since Steven Jackson. Canzano can compared him to S Jax as well, too. Like, this isn't, yeah, this isn't just like, oh, so he copied us, us, us being, yeah, he, he yeah. for sure copied us. But I told yeah, you like, guys that he we're was not the only like ones Jackson. on the Martinez Kool Aid. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm not taking, I'm not taking that away from you, dog. I'm just saying we're, we're not the ones being like, like getting, getting ahead of ourselves here right. no but i agree yeah. i think I'll, I'll, I'll put this out here right now he is the next legendary oregon state running back and yeah i think and, you're right and and not yeah. like to to the to the stephen jackson echelon like well i i hope he's got an incredible pro career like s jacks did but up through graduation i think he's gonna hit that same threshold or bigger because he's just that kind of back already mm-hmm. and he has at least three years if not four to mm-hmm. to run uh and be you know leading the backfield for oregon state and he, he's just so talented he, like you can't deny that at this point like the guy is clearly the number one back yeah and he's clearly good enough to carry the load and and carry the ball 20 times or more right yeah uh, i saw um the pac-12 rushing leaders uh, he's already like I think sixth or seventh, but and he's only had one game where he's been the guy. And really, there are a, a number of games where he just didn't get that many carries. Mm-hmm. I mean, like three, four, or five carries, right? And and so I mean that's that's hugely impressive as a freshman. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Shout outs to Damian. Shout outs to the 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 whole team. Um, and yeah, also on the on the defense. Just before we move on, uh, I thought Easton Mascarenas ha- had a great game. Uh, picked up a sack. John McCartan as well. I, 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 John McCartan is a dude I feel like we need to talk more about on this podcast. He's been all over the place. Um, and I know a lot of people talked about uh, on Twitter or just sort of immediately reacted to Jack Coletto getting stopped on a fourth down rush. <laughs> Which, hey, Jack Coletto, also human. <laughs> Jack Coletto <laughs> is fast. Jack Coletto, also human. And I think it was at, before this, but he also ripped a... Colorado ball carrier when they were in the red zone yes. for a fumble that Isaac Hodgins, another one of our favorites, uh, recovered. So great game for Coletto. I've seen, one and two for Hodgins. I've, I've seen some uh, some chatter on just Oregon State Twitter about putting Coletto more on the offensive side than the defensive side. I still think he serves a lot on the defensive side. For sure. Uh, I think this coaching staff has used Jack Coletto pretty well over the last few years. So uh, I, I, I trust their, their judgment, um, trust their judgment there. Uh, but yeah, another great game for him on uh, both sides of the ball. And just, this was a great game for Omar Spates, uh, Alex Austin, who is Benjamin Lawrence, Sebastian Weehage's favorite player. And That's right. One of our favorite players as well. Great to see a pick six, uh, first pick six since 2019. Uh, and, at Washington, actually, or against Washington, sorry, uh, by Jaden Grant, who also had a great game and <laughs> and a pick in this game too. So I thought 2019 uh, just, sounded so long ago, and then he said Jaden Grant. I was like, oh yeah, that. Well, Jaden, yeah, Jaden Grant, 
Shannon Grant is timeless. Um, the only and, player, and, actually, that's played with both Steven Jackson and Damian Martinez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Great. What a Benny. All right. We will save our predictions uh, for the next game because we don't have a game next week. We have a bye week. So I Beaver, predict a bye. I predict a bye. I predict a bye. Oregon I predict State a chill win weekend. Or lose. Yeah, we're <laughs> a boring we'll, weekend. We will right. record. We will record another episode uh, next next week. So we will be we will be back at our usual time. Uh, anything hey, more well, on well, football, yeah, one, guys? One, We've got one, a couple other things. To one talk last about. shout out. Benny, go ahead. One last shout out. He he didn't have the performance that Damian did, but Jam Griffin getting in yeah. there with a six point nine yeah. yards per carry. Nice! It was yeah. so nice. Oh, it was so nice. He <laughs> knew. He knew what episode we were preparing for. <laughs> he planned that out right. He was about to get one more yard on his last carry, and was just like, "Nah, I gotta, I gotta keep it. I gotta keep it six point nine. I gotta keep it on theme." And oh, Jam did look great in his limited work. Um, frustrating but telling one-one draw for men's soccer against uh, Washington on Friday. We didn't quite beat the record. Uh-oh. Well, now his voice is frozen, just like his image. Oh man, we didn't quite beat the record of the attendance record, but we do get UW again. I don't know if Terry's going to be able to come back. His internet was terrible, but yeah, we we get UW again at UW November tenth. Oh, it's a Thursday oh. night, and so there is a revenge game. Nice. And UW was the number one team in the country, am I right? Yep. Yeah. Uh, I didn't watch that game. Uh, did we score first, or did UW score first? We were we scored first, and we were up until, like, the 85th minute. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> that sucks. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Oh, okay. Am I going to wrap up this episode or is it going to be you? Whoa, I think you. <laughs> Terry just I said don't know if I'm in the capacity to do it right now. That a giant thunderstorm is hitting him right now. He's outside in the thunderstorm getting just shocked from head to toe by lightning. <laughs> Terry, we will take it home without you. Uh, so men's soccer, they've still got, I think, four more games. Five more games in the season. The the draw was frustrating. I but I don't I don't see an L the rest of the year. So Stanford and uh Cal, both of those on the road. Then we've got San Diego State, that weird Pac twelve participant in right. soccer. Back in Corvallis. We take down the Ukla Bruins in Corvallis on November sixth, and then we travel to UW for the uh, penultimate, which is, I think, the second to last game. So the penultimate game of the Pac-12 season until we go to the Pac-12 championship. I keep forgetting how soccer, they keep changing all their stuff. The overtime rules and everything else is all confusing. But we get UW one more time. So we will make them pay on their turf. Don't get it twisted. It's going to happen. Also, Oregon State Volleyball had an up and down week. They took it to the Buffs on Friday, which was great. They they beat them in four four sets. Um, and I think this was one of the uh, the first W's in a, in a few weeks. Right for the Beavs who have had a, a a tough stretch on the court. 
but it, w- it was good to see them come out in dominant fashion. And like they tweeted, it's a bad weekend to be a buff. And I think that, uh, that the football is true. team follow through with that one. Unfortunately, they lost today in three sets uh, to Utah uh, at home again. So um, they've got a couple more games left throughout the year. So if you can't make it out, a couple more home games, sorry. If you can't make it out to Gill to support the volleyball team, make sure that you tune in. There's a couple of them still on Pac-12 Network, a couple of them on just, you know, Pac-12 live streams, which is still available on the Pac-12 Network right. app. So give them some love. I think that's it. I think we can wrap this up. I'm your co-host, JP Bertram. I'm trying to do this for Terry because he's... You're doing a good job. Thank you. <laughs> and you can find me on Twitter at the underscore trail underscore J because I am too trill to be real. And that is a fact. That is why it is my handle. It's and the truth. on Instagram at JP Bertram, that's where I post absolutely nothing except for a story once every blue moon. So follow me there if you want to be friends with me on Facebook or something. I don't know. But for my other co-host, Terry Horseman, who is in a lightning storm, just absorbing lightning through his body. <laughs> he is Terry Horseman on Twitter, at Terrence Horseman on Instagram. That was nice. It was so nice. And... Uh, I don't know. He posts stuff about books and writing. So if you want to follow him there, do it. And then, of course, my favorite co-host. I can say that now because Terry's not here. Nice. Uh, I knew at it. Benny L1986. Don't get it confused with 86. That one was 86 from the internet, but it still exists. That's right. That's right. I can't get into it. <laughs> you can find that one on Twitter. And I think you have the same handle on Instagram. Am I right? Both. So Be- I make Benny L1986. On Instagram, Benny posts uh, the most amazing before and after landscaping (laughs) photos you can ever see on the internet. So if you want to see some landscaping porn, follow him wherever you can. And for all of us in the belligerent beeves, we love you, the beaver fam. Please give us five stars on I guess anywhere you get your podcast these days, you can rate things now. The whole world's about rating systems. Soon it's going to be like that Black Mirror episode where we're only going to be allowed at the New China Buffet if we have five-star rating on Apple Podcasts. So please let us go back to New China Buffet. We love it. Give us five stars. And there's one other thing, Beaver fam. One thing you guys all have to remember is that you cannot, no matter how much you try, no matter how many times the Colorado football team flips you off, tells you to tone it down, tells you to be quiet, keep trying because inevitably you will spell chop them with hope because that's the only way you can do it. Oh. Chop them. Chop them. Chop them. And bring back Bernice. (laughs) Cut. Oh, man.